Welcome to another episode of Eat Chit and Dice, a fortnightly podcast about board games and sometimes food. Uh, I'm with you here as always, and it's me, Jared. And also, who else is here, guys? Guess who? It's Jondi. Yep. Say hi, Jondi. Hi, Jondi. Say hi to everybody, Jondi. Say hi to everybody, Jondi. Close enough. Um, we painted flames on the side of this episode because we're going real fast because it's fire games. <laughs> okay. Totally going to use that now. Flame and hot board games. Yep. Dangerously oh, okay. cheesy. Okay. So let's just jump right in there. Yep. And uh, do this. Do this to your microphone. Do what? Do this. Make it go up. No, up. There Why? you go. Hello. Why? Because because now you're now you're good. Okay. What are we? What games are we talking about? I've already put them in the. I've hit save draft already. So we're stuck now. Yeah. We have to. We have to talk about these games. Well, I mean, they're the only ones we played, so we'd have to talk about them anyway. I guess that's technically true. We didn't play any of the others, so. Let's put this one at the very bottom. We're gonna. That's a. That's a secret sneaky surprise. Yep. Okay. So let's just jump right in there. Yeah. And we played Hot Shots. Hot Shots from Fireside Games for one to four players. That game's really hard. Yes. So it's not for one players. Apparently, Jared and Kat cheated because well, they played two games and they won one and lost one. The one that they won, they had cheated because they misunderstood how many. You can't uh, prove that. Kat told me it, it was true. But I believe what you guys mis- had read wrong, how many To be fair, uh, I didn't read the rules at all. Okay, so she misunderstood how many scorched tiles you could get before the game was over. So technically your game would have ended and you wouldn't have won. Well, I don't even have... Uh, I don't even have the other one saved. So who knows what we played and what we didn't play. It's a mystery. It is. So um, I liked the game pretty well. It was really easy to learn. And I don't think I actually even taught you how to play. I think we just said, okay, we're going to go first and then you'll see how to play this. For the as most we go. part, I mean, Kat kind of explained a little bit, but it was really easy to learn. So it's not like you needed to go through all the directions with me. Um, it's it, a press your luck dice game. Yes, which I like dice games. Cooperative. And I don't love cooperative games, but a lot of times with cooperative games, if there are elements of the game that I like, then it can override the fact that I don't love cooperative games. I'm not somebody that hates them. I'm just cool components. Yeah. The components, the little, what is, is that the one that had like the little, little plastic fires? Yes. Yeah. That was pretty cool. And then the, the board game tiles are all hexes that I, are they randomly laid out? Yeah. There's, okay. there's layouts, there's layout templates that you can use, but within the template it's random. So basically here's how the game works. Uh, you move your crew member, to a space, uh, you roll the dice. You can press your luck as long as you have one die each roll that matches what the tile needs. You can continue going. Uh, if you, I guess, bust. I don't know what. I don't remember what the. There's a it, it blowback or I don't know some kind of fire theme. Yeah, joke. I don't remember what. It, yeah. Well, anyway, if you blow your roll, uh, a bad thing happens and you've uh, made it worse. And then at the end of your turn, you flip over a card and it does a bad thing. Yep. Um, the least bad thing that happens is just the wind changes. Yeah. But then that can make really bad things happen in the next turn. It can indeed. If you've done your job super well, you get rewarded. And if you just only kind of do it okay, at the very least, you know, you can 
put out some of the fire. Well, I think at the very least you get a fire break token. Right. Because if you match three, you get the fire break. If you match four, then you actually put out some of the fire. Right. And you can match up to six of the dice. And if you do all six, you get a bunch of cool stuff. It's you really hard to match a bunch the six, of fire. obviously. Oh, yeah. I think we did it once, once uh, or twice. No, like almost every turn that I was playing. No, well, yeah, we got it, it like once or lot. twice. It did happen several times. I think for the most part we were matching four and five, mm-hmm. though. So, uh, you know, I, like I said, I liked it pretty well. It's not something I think is going to go at the top of my list of games I want to play. Uh, I think that for a fire game, it's kind of for the ones I've played now, it kind of falls into the middle as far as like how much I like the game. But, you know, it's a nice, simple, I think it could be a good family game. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's what Fireside was aiming for with it. And I think they did a good job with that. So I really like the 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 kind of cool mechanic here. Um, all of the characters, there's four four player characters, and they have different things that they can do to kind of break the rules. Um, if their tile burns, so it goes away, goes out of the game, you you can't use their power anymore. And that's kind of cool because it, it kind is. of incentivizes you not to, to maybe keep the, your tile from burning or yeah. whatever. Yeah, uh, that's definitely something that I thought was pretty cool. There's also a mechanic uh, that lets you have what they call support. So it will negate one blown roll. So if you are on a tile with another player or you are adjacent to the lake tile. See, I was going to bring that up. I thought it was cool that if you're adjacent to the lake tile, it's considered having support. And I thought that was pretty cool. Because it kind of it kind of helps you uh, press your luck a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. Basically, you get one dice roll without a bad thing happening. So, like, if you roll the dice and it would have caused uh, a bad thing, you just say, nope, never mind. This one didn't count. Oh, I forgot. Uh, the lake is here and it's helping me fight this fire. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's got a lot of lo- really cool little elements. And it looks really cool on the table. So... You know, as far as family games go, it's I, it's it's a good, decent one. I think I liked it more than you. I think I was a little bit more interested in what was going on. That's fair. Uh, whereas you kind of were like, there doesn't seem to be a challenge here, but it's because we were doing really well. Yeah. Um, I think one thing that we had noted with Hot Shots, I, you know, I, like I've basically said, I never felt really invested in it. Um, but... Jared says we got really lucky with dice rolls. Mm-hmm. So if I played a second time, I might feel more invested. Um, there are like a few variants, like a less difficult mode and a more difficult mode. And honestly, we were thinking that if you play two player, you really should play the less difficult mode. Four players should probably be playing the more difficult mode. And then three players should just play on the normal mode. I think that that, at least based on what I've played and Kat agreed that that probably would make the challenge a little bit more uh, adapted to how many players you have. Sure, sure. Uh, I mean, not that I think that there should be some forced false difficulty on the game, but, you know, that's the beauty of board games. You can change the rules if you don't like them. I think that if anybody offered to play this game, I would take them up on it. I really enjoyed it. And I did like how there's a little bit of actual like firefighting terminology used. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. In uh, in a lot of the mechanics, it, it, up to and including the names of the tools, the symbols that are on the dice. 
So check it out. Should be, I think it's about 30 bucks. It's pretty cheap. Yeah, I think that sounds about Relatively right. cheap game. Uh, there's a, I'm looking at the, the geek market right now on boardgamegeek.com. You can get it for 10 bucks. Uh, it's used, obviously, and you have to play shipping. Play shipping is what play I said. Play shipping. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think you can probably get this at any store. Oh, I think I, I got think mine so. at Barnes and Noble. Yeah. Cool. Amazon probably yeah, I'm sure. has it. I'm so. sure. And that is Hot Shots. Okay, so moving on. Um, we played Flashpoint Fire Rescue. We have talked about this one before because it's one of Jared's favorite games. Yeah, Flashpoint, Andy Boards and Cards, two to six players. Really, you could do it one player, but that's... Yeah, I wouldn't it could be do hard. It. It's, this is another game that's challenging. Co-op. Uh, yeah, and it's challenging. Mm-hmm. We lost. The building collapsed on us. Yeah, we had to we had to play a refresher game for John D. Yeah, it had been a while. And when we're going to do these episodes, I prefer to have played the game recently. So we lost. We played the office building. So in order to get people in and out, we had elevators we had to go in. And um, that was the only door in and out unless you like used a ladder to break through the wall. Mm-hmm. So it definitely was even more challenging than, than the regular like beginning map. And we... The fire destroyed the building, unfortunately. But, Jared, it's your favorite game, so why don't you yeah. talk a little bit about gameplay? Uh, okay. So there's a bunch of different characters that you can play as. Uh, I don't know exactly what comes in the base game retail box, because I have, I have, I think, as far as I'm aware, literally everything that you can get for this game. Every map, every supplement. I even have the broken token crate to, to store it all in. Um, but there's a bunch of different like firefighting roles that you can play as. So you can play as like the driver. You can play as a rescue specialist, a fire captain, uh, imaging specialist. Um, there's also a guy that, that like structural engineer that we always joke. He's just carrying two by fours and drywall <laughs> in because he can repair like wall damage. But he, he's pretty useless for anything else. Yeah, he can't put out fires. Um, he probably starts them with two by fours in his he hands. Might. I mean, but basically the game, safe. It, it's not safe. Uh, basically the game works by, you have action points that you can spend to put out fire. And then after you've used all your action points or decided to save some of them, a bad thing happens. So in the base game, there's dice that you roll. There was previously Kickstarter exclusive, only way to get it, fire card deck, which uh, we've been informed will be available when, John D? Uh, it will be releasing to the public on the 24th of, this m- of, of July. So it will be available just before Gen Con. Yeah, look at that. I cannot stress this enough. Get it. Get it. It's called Tragic Events. You need this expansion. It changes the game so much. It, I think it changes it for the better. Like, I remember I playing it. I don't ever it. want to play without it. I remember playing the game a few times with you before you had that. And then the first time we played it with the Tragic Events, I, I was like, this is so much better than just rolling some dice. Yeah, it's I mean, granted, a lot amazing. of times you're just going to roll dice, but then there's cards in there that are worse or better. And I really like the fact that it kind of expands what bad things can happen throughout the game. Yeah, it is honestly probably the best expansion. Most of the other expansions are just new maps or some new characters, some new miniatures, whatever. But this actually mechanically, I don't have enough words to describe how important this expansion is to changing the gameplay get it if you like the game just get this <laughs> just definitely. get it. it it makes the game i mean it's already a good game but it makes the game better 
to win, you have to rescue a certain amount of people from the fire before a certain amount die, or you run out of structural damage cubes because um, then it's applied like the building has collapsed. Uh, there's also one other way to lose, and I don't know how you'd ever possibly do it, but if you run out of like the fire tokens, then it's said that the fire has just gotten so far out of control that there's no coming back from it. It is not an easy game. If you run out of fire tokens, you are a really bad firefighter. Yeah, I don't know how that's how you possibly could have done that, but I guess you could have. Woof. It's a really good, really good game. It's a really good cooperative game, and it's a really good fire theme game. It is in Cat's top three, and I have been told that I can quote her on that. That's fair. Yeah. Um, the only thing that I will say that's not a bad but a not great. Um, sometimes it kind of feels like the theme doesn't matter. Like, okay, yeah, you're moving around in a building and you're putting out fires, but that could be anything. Oh, see, I don't see that. I feel like it's pretty much adapt. I don't like, I don't know what else it could be. Well, unless are you rescuing people from ninjas? Yeah, you or could rescuing princesses from the dragon. Yeah, sure. Why not? I mean, I guess those would work. Sure. I mean, uh, but it's at, the, at this base, it's still going to be a rescue game. ghosts. Yeah. It's going to be a rescue game no matter what. Right. But it uh, could be a Ghostbusters game. You could my, do a Ghostbusters retheme of this. My only complaint about it really is it is a little bit fiddly. There's a lot of parts and pieces that you have to put That's out and true. keep track of on the board and remember to put out at the end of your turn. So it's a little bit fiddly, but it's, it's not so fiddly that it's, you're just going to be done with it. Yeah. So yeah, that's fair. Now, I think you can probably also just get this anywhere. I think Target sells it, or they did for a while. Flashpoint? Yeah. I, I mean, I know Barnes & Noble has it, mm -hmm. but... We'll check your local store, or, you know... Or Amazon, or your whatever. online store, whatever. Whatever your store of choice is. Miniature market, cool stuff, Amazon, whatever. But this game is... I can't recommend this enough, uh, enough guys. It's in the like almost in the top 50 games on BGG uh, in the family category. It's in the top hundred of thematic. It's not easy to get into those top hundred lists or top 50 lists. So it's quality, quality game right there. I would agree. But uh, I guess that's, that's all I can really say about it. I mean, I've said, I've said my piece and cues peas. Um, I don't like peas. No, not what I said. Not, uh... <laughs> Sounded like you said peas. Peas are gross. Mm, okay. Have you ever had those really, really salty peas? So I went to the spaghetti... Like the dried ones? No, no, no. Okay, so here's here's what happened. I went to the spaghetti factory for dinner one day. Uh-huh. And I wanted to get the, like, chicken piccata. And the girl that was working there that was our server, I don't know if she had just started or she didn't know anything about food or whatever, but she was like, just to let you know, that comes with, like, some really salty, gross peas. <laughs> And I was like, do you, do you mean the capers? And she was like, uh, yeah, I guess so. I just wanted to make sure you knew. And I was oh like, my yeah, God. I know what I'm, thank you, but. That's funny. Yep. Uh, the, the capers. Yes, I do want those. Yeah. I guess they are really salty peas. That's so I guess funny. I, they're I not, guess, but. I guess I can see that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Uh, she had to have been new. I mean, I would think I thought waitresses were supposed to be aware of what's in food, but uh, you know, you know, I, uh, spaghetti factory, 
Did I say Spaghetti Factory or did I say Cheesecake Factory? You said Spaghetti Factory. Okay, good. Spaghetti Factory is where it was. You know. I have never it, been it, to a Spaghetti the Factory. Spaghetti Factory. It's okay. I mean, I wouldn't recommend getting the chicken piccata. It has some really gross <laughs> salty peas. Really gross salty peas in it. <laughs> Flashpoint Fire Rescue. Indie Boards and Cards. Check it out. So moving on to the next one. I think I'm the only one that liked this one, but... It's not that I disliked it, but just the it's not a, it's genre. It's not your of game. genre. Yeah. Uh, so it's Ladder Twenty Nine, which is a uh, it's a ladder climbing game, which means it's a trick taking game. Kind kind of. Yeah. It's not a trick taking game because you weren't trying to take tricks. Well, you sort you're not taking them, but you're you just want to trying, win them to discard your. So cards. there's a slight difference between ladder climbing games and trick taking games, um, but th- they do tend to both get put into the same category. And oh, this is from Green Couch Games. So in Ladder 29, it really could be any theme, um, but you are just trying to accumulate points by going out, uh, running out of cards in your hand uh, as quickly as possible in each round. You're dealt 13 cards. You draft three of them. You pass three to your left. Yep. And then in reverse scoring order, you pick a card. And this is the theme because they're like, they're called hotspot cards and they're... Something like that. Like I don't remember now. But yeah, they're cards that... How you get extra they're, points. they're how you score. Like, specifically, like, the cards, they'll have abilities on them, or 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 things that keep you, like, they'll say things like, can you only can't. play pairs. Yeah, you can't play uh, a run that has an even-numbered card at yeah. the end. So, it's got those drawbacks on them, but then... They, if you were to go out first, or first, second, and third, it tells you how many points you would score. Yes, if, if you, you quote-unquote, extinguish your hand. Yes. But whoever goes out last gets zero points. Mm-hmm. So the way it's played is you are either uh, leading or you're playing singles, and you just want to beat the previous single that's played. So if somebody played a three, then the next person wants to play a four, uh, four or above. Um, you can play runs of at least three cards in this game, and a run would be one, two, three. Um, four five six yeah uh you can play trip triplets and that's just three of a kind you can play pairs two of a kind and you can play four of a kind and that beats everything and immediately ends the uh, round yeah four combined just i think it looks like you've put out all the fire and move on so it's called ladder 29 because the game ends when somebody gets to 29 points yes and the score thing looks like a building that's on fire. Um, it's kind of weird because you go up and then you go down and then you go up again. Yeah, we decided that you are climbing up, rescuing someone, and then, and then you're climbing, climbing down, back down with them. And then you climb back up. That's what we decided because we wanted it to be thematic. Um, I really, really like ladder climbing games and trick-taking games. It's a genre that I enjoy a lot. And if I had people to play them with me, I would probably play them a lot more often. I am not a fan of... Just in general, trick-taking games, for me, aren't fun because there's almost no strategy. I mean, there is a little bit, but mostly it's just whatever random dumb luck you have with being dealt good cards. But, there, but see, I, I, I disagree there because there's a lot of strategy in once you have those cards, you figure out what cards you're passing. You try to build the best hand based on what you got and what you think you're going to be, what you could end up getting. Yes. And then the strategy comes into, you can play the cards in any order you want, but certain orders are going to work out better for you than others. Alternatively, you can't play any cards because everybody else has cards. Whoever's leading the trick has cards that you don't have and can't do anything with. That can happen. That absolutely can happen. And there's no way to mitigate that. It's just, well, I got dealt cards that I can't do anything with, so I guess I'm going to sit here and, oh, I get to play one. Hooray. For me, they're, 
there becomes choices where, okay, I have this run and I really want to play this run, but it's getting like halfway through the round and I haven't been able to get this really cool run out. So I'm probably going to have to start breaking it up if mm. I want to run out of cards. So you have those kinds of choices as well. I have four pairs, but am I going to get a chance to play these pairs or should I break them up? So for me, all those choices and the order that you play your cards in, it really, I really enjoy doing that. And I think it might be a genre of game that I'm better at than you. Uh, that's fine. I just uh, don't play them because I feel the exact same way about them that you do. Like, okay, great. Let's yeah, let's play this game. And um, oh, you've played you've played a seven. Well, I uh, have all low number cards, so I can't. I can never win this trick to play any of my low cards because you guys have basically locked me out of playing any cards this round. Not that that always happens, but. I mean, it can happen, but there's lots of games, not just card games, that do things like that. I guess so. This isn't me saying anything bad about this particular game. I thought it was fine for the genre. I just don't like trick-taking games. So when we do the trick-taking ladder-taking game, game, ladder-climbing game episode, I feel like we're just going to title it uh, Games Jared Hates. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, (laughs) Again, not... I have nothing bad to say about this game. Everything bad that I have to say is about the type of game that it is. Right, that's fair. I thought it was, for what it was, fine. Yeah. um, I didn't find a lot in it that was unique from other ladder Mm -hmm. climbing games. That's true. That's fair. um, Other than those cards that you could take. Yeah, like the rookie card, the Dalmatian, the the fire chief. And the hot spot cards or whatever. Those were a little bit unique. But overall, it really wasn't that unique of a ladder climbing game. But with that said, if somebody said, hey, I really want to play this game, it was enjoyable enough for me that I'd say, okay, sure. I prefer ladder climbing games and trick taking games where you're working with partners. I did like that this game was colorblind friendly. Not that I'm colorblind, but it it is colorblind friendly. Which is very good. Yeah. So yeah, I don't think I have anything more to say about that. Well I and would... it is the, the the colors the colors have different ranks. That was unique. Yes. So um blue trumps green, trumps red, trumps yellow. Yeah. So if I play a yellow three and you play a red three, you've beaten my card. Yes, I did think that was cool. And there, are, I think there are other games that do that, especially, I think, poker-wise. There, there are certain types of games that certain suits trump suits, mm-hmm. other suits. But, um, yeah, I think that part of this was unique. I liked that. Uh, this is on Tabletopia, if you want to try it. I have no experience playing it on Tabletopia. Can't tell you if it's a good implementation or not, but it is on there. I don't know if it's one of the free games or if it's a subscription game, but uh, I guess let me know. Tweet at me. All right. So moving on to The Brigade. I really liked this yes, one. Yes, I liked this. I had a lot of fun with this one. I really want to play it again because the first few rounds, I, was, I wasn't I was 100% clear what we were doing. So by the time I keyed into it, I was like, oh, I, I want to play again now. I yeah, want to do it is, right. This is, uh, as far as I know, was only available on Kickstarter. I'm not sure that they've figured out a retail release, but it's from Red Genie. Um, they had some problems with their campaign, but they've made good on almost all of it. Like, oh, this this component, there was something wrong with this component, but they have replaced almost all of the components. Uh, there were some rule book issues. They sent out new rule books. There was a cool like 3D thing that you made for the center of the board that it, it, it didn't work. So they redesigned it and sent that out again. Uh, but here, here's the story of the game. So you're in the city of Tinderbox, which uh, not a great name, but uh, it's caught on fire because 
Because you named your city Tinderbox. No, it's because of the Pyromancer University that's in the middle of the town. Guys, <laughs> don't make a town around a magical castle that's full of dudes that cast fire spells constantly. Yeah. That's like real dumb. Because then the university catches on fire and that fire is going to start spreading around the city. And that's exactly what's happening in this game. Yes. The fire chief is mysteriously missing. And it's up to us to put out the fire. It's not co-op. It's sort of co-op, but not really co-op. Well, I mean, the co-op part is that you all are trying to keep the fire from getting out of control. But it's... You so only one person win. can be the only new fire one person chief. can win. Or Although, I guess in our case, there was not there's there not were two a, ties. There's not a definitive tiebreaker in this game, which annoyed me. No, 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 there is. It's whoever did the last good deed. No, was that really it? Uh huh. That's really stupid. Yeah, that is the dumbest tie. Just give me a tiebreaker of like whoever has the most of this color. Yeah, well, we just or, decided that everybody won. We just decided that both of you won. But uh, okay, so. The game has a lot of hexes. I think, where are they squares? They're squares. They're squares. So five by five? No, it's a, yeah, five by five? No, six by six. Let so me just look at a map. Each of the squares is a different, like, building in the city. It's a six by six. And some of the buildings are, like, nobles. Some of them are common people. Uh, so all there are five different types of buildings in the game, and they're all different colors. And you are moving around the board trying to to uh, gain influence for that type of people in the city. And you do that by putting out fires in their buildings and kind of claiming that one area as your influence. But you can't do that unless the place is on fire to, unless the, the tile you need is on fire to begin with. Or an adjacent one. Or, yeah. So it's kind of tricky to get that influence if there's not fires in the area that you need it to be. And the other thing I really like about this one is you have a fire wagon or a water wagon. Yes, a magical water wagon. And then you also have your your dude that's your brigade. Mm-hmm. And your water wagon has water, but it if you send it out by itself, which you can do, but it can't fight fire for you. It's just going to be out somewhere that makes it easier for you to get to it to refill your water. Um, and then your dude carries water. And, and then if you hire additional people, they carry water. Mm-hmm. So in order to refill everything you have to be either be on one of the tiles that is your that you've earned the influence of or you have to go back to your home tile yes so that's right you run out of water and you know you'll have this great turn you'll have this idea for a great turn and then you'll realize oh i can't do any of that because i only have one water left or you'll have a great idea for a turn and then the person that goes before you will suddenly block your turn and then so you'll just block the next player's turn. Yep. Because that happened a lot. It and did. I was like, let's, guys, let's just finish the game. Come on. Yeah, it did. Um, I really, really had fun playing this one. Yeah, I liked it and a lot. if it were available somewhere, I would buy this one. Um, yeah, I don't know if they have plans to put it in retail or if they have plans to like have it at Gen Con or anything. Or sell it on their website or yeah, something. Yeah, it's a very small company and... Uh, uh, yeah, I have no idea if they have any plans at all. Well, hopefully they do, because I think that lots of people should play this game. So also, I will point this out. So they have a website. You can go to brigadegame.com. But the website doesn't... It's not finished, I guess? In the rule book, it says, go here for FAQ, errata, and videos on how to play. And you go to the website, and it says, coming soon. 
So I'm not sure what that's all about, but um, hopefully they will get that up and going and maybe even have a web store. I don't know. Johnny's looking at it right now, it looks like. Trying to. Uh, no. It hmm. did not come up. Okay. Uh, well, that's okay. So anyway, yeah, I think that it was a really cool game. I had a lot of fun playing it. I want to play it again, which I think is always a good sign of a good game. Yeah. Oh, I've just I've just discovered this. I've just been handed this memo. You can go to redgeniegames.com, and it looks like there is a web store set up there. So that's pretty cool, I guess. You can grab a copy of the game. Um, this one is also, it looks like it's on Tabletopia. Um, and again... No experience playing that. Don't know if it's a free game or if you need the subscription for it, but it is on there. So you could potentially check it out beforehand and uh, see if you like it. I liked it quite a bit. Johnny liked it quite a bit. Yes, I did. Sales of the brigade are on hold until we catch up with back orders. Does say that. Bummers. But that does indicate that they will start again. On hold does not mean sold out. True, true. That is the Brigade. So moving on to our final game, Jared, do you want to talk about this one? Um, yes. Okay. So here's the deal, guys. If you remember about 300 years ago when the internet was in its infancy, there was a little web store, web store, a little website called homestarrunner.com. I think it still exists, yeah, right? Yeah, there does. There does? There it does. does. Wow. I am having some problems. Oof. Um, but yes, okay, so this one's not a firefighting game so much as it is fire You are trying to game. start, yeah, fire starting, which is funny because uh, when Jeremy and I got here, Jeremy was like, what if I want to play a game where I'm the fire and I'm trying to destroy everything? And Jared's like, well, I got you, fam. funny that you mentioned that. This is Trogdor, the board game, as in Trogdor the Burninator, as in the character from HomestarRunner.com. If you're not familiar with HomestarRunner.com, Get out of here now and go. No, wow. don't. No, 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 no. Pause the episode. Google Watch Trogdor. a couple episodes and then come back and listen. Although you really can play the game without knowing anything yeah. about it. Because it's a fun game, regardless of if you know anything about Homestar Runner. Uh, so actually, here's the deal. Yes, that's true. But it's way more interesting if you know what's going on. Because there's not an app, but on their web store. Webs- Jeez, guys. I am having some problems right now on, on their, their website. App. Is it an app or is it no, their it's, website? No, it's just the website. Okay. Um, there's a soundboard that um, has the entire instruction manual voiced by different characters from Homestar Runner. There's uh, good things happen, bad things happen sounds. There's music that you can play. I love amb- the background like music. Ambient music. So I don't remember if that was like a Kickstarter stretch goal for for them to do all those things or if they just did it because that's what HomestarRunner.com is. So here's how the game works, Jondi. On your turn, you can move Trogdor the Burninator, who is a dragon. You can move him around the board. You need to burninate the, the land. You need to burninate the peasants. You need to burninate the thatched roof cottages. If you have done all of those things, you win. However, there are knights that are trying to stop Trogdor and archers that will try to arrow him. If you take too much damage, you die. Yep. Uh, and uh, it's real easy to die. Yep. 
But if you have, in fact, succeeded in burninating the entire countryside and everything, you win. I really liked it. Um, I hadn't, I didn't watch a lot of Homestar Runner, but I was very familiar with it, especially about with uh, Strong Bad. Yeah, yeah. I think m- maybe half of the people that you'll talk to on an average day would have heard about with it. Strong yeah. Bad. Yeah. Uh, but I did. I, I I liked it enough that I was familiar with it and I knew what Trogdor was, and I found the game to be really fun. Um, the comedy factor of the game keeps you engaged, in my opinion. Um, there is a little bit of potential for a player quarterback in this game, um, which if you have a player like that, that tends to do that, you just go into the game knowing that there is that potential. Mm-hmm. Jared can be that can be like that, but he wasn't Sometimes. when we played this. Um, I think it's a solid little game and I enjoyed it. And I love that. Unlike the other fire games, this one, you were actually wanting to make the fire get bigger. Yeah. Yeah. To an extent, if you make the fire go too much too fast, then you'll run out of. So the peasants are also your life. Right. If the peasants burn, when you set them on fire, they move around and they set the countryside on fire and potentially can set the thatched roof cottages and other peasants on fire. However, then they get removed from the game. So the best course of action is to eat them, to chomp them, Yep. So that they go in the the trog meter, which we decided is kind of like your belly, but doesn't thematically work as your belly because when peasants spawn, they come out of your belly. Well, I feel like the ones that spawn are just, you know, that you've been, they've been digested. So it's just, they're spawning, um, you mm-hmm. know, from gross from somewhere. <laughs> no, they're not the ones you pooped out. Jeez. <laughs> I, I was just like, there's a magical, you know, People, people come from this magical place. Yes, John, I know where people come from. The storks drop them off. Exactly. That's exactly where people come from. Um, There are some pretty cool, like there's meeples. There were extra meeples that you could get of all of the Homestar Runner characters. Which were completely unneeded, but very cool. Yeah, completely unnecessary. I'll post a picture of them. I have a a picture of them all kind of lined up. But honestly, the table presence on this game is uh, pretty amazing. Yeah, it's really cool. It's very colorful. And, uh, you know, when you see it on the table and you see all these little, like, the, the fire hat, because it's a hat that you can put on. Yeah. Uh, when a peasant catches on fire, you put this little hat on them that's a flame. It looks like a Super Saiyan hair. And uh, some of the meeples can see, also wear it. I thought it looked like um, uh, Heat Miser hair. Sure, sure. That's, that's fine, because you don't watch Dragon Ball Z. I don't. But you watch all the Rankin Bass. Yes. So for me, it was Heat, Heat Miser hair. Um, you also could have gotten little plastic, like miniatures for it. Which you did, right? I did. And we didn't play with them. No, I don't know that I necessarily needed to have gotten them. Because the meeples are really cool. The meeples are really cool. They really are. I'm not sure that the miniatures are better. No. But they're, they're pretty cool. Um, I think they posted an official, like, print and play. So you could... Check it out. Um, but uh, if you are not a fan of Homestar Runner, I can't recommend that you buy this game. You will miss out on too much of the of the humor of it. But if you're not and you're with friends that are and they want to play the game, you're, you'll still have a good enough time because it's oh, a yeah. solid little game. It is. It is a good game. But not knowing what a Homestar Runner is, I feel like does take away a bit of the a game. little. A little. 
But, you know, if you don't know a lot about it, you just kind of are focusing on the fact that, okay, you're like this dragon man guy. You're a dragon with a big beefy arm sticking right out of the middle of the back? And you're trying to burn things down and avoid the the knights and the the, um, archers, and you want to eat people. I mean, pretty much if those are the major things to, to know about this game if you're not a Homestar Runner fan. Yeah, that's fair. And uh, I think you can probably get this from the Homestar Runner web store. I don't think that they have any reason to put this into retail because it is such a small audience. Uh, Homestar Runner Trogdor game. Yeah, it looks like uh, you... Huh. Um, The print and play is on their website. Well... Maybe because I I believe that the fulfillment like just happened. Yeah. So maybe they'll make it available once they're maybe they're not completely done with fulfillment or something. Yep. Well, hopefully, because I think it is worth getting if you're a Homestar Runner fan. I would agree. But yeah, I can't find any information about it, but I would assume that they will put it on their website. They'll have some left over. But yeah, don't expect to see this in your local store. Yeah, no, uh, that's not going to happen. Okay, well, um, that's that's all. That's all we've got for fire. Yep. Uh, do you have any... Well, okay, so <laughs> I was thinking we haven't talked about food for a while. Yeah, and, and I don't like marshmallows. Which is really sad for you. Mm, so sad for no. you. So, you know, if you're firefighting, might as well get out the, uh, the marshmallows and roast the marshmallows over the fire. Or maybe not when buildings burning down might not be a good idea. But... You know, s'mores are really great when they're when there's fire involved. And if you can't make s'mores inside or outside, there's some really cool like indoor s'mores recipes out there. There's some really dumb like s'mores makers that you can get for at home, but those are real dumb. Don't buy a s'mores maker. Seriously. You can melt marshmallows without the use of a s'mores maker as well as melting um, chocolate. Like my husband and I have made s'mores in the microwave. And maybe they're not as good as they are on a fire, but they're still melted chocolate and and marshmallows on a graham mm. cracker. Okay. And there's also a dip that you can make with the marshmallows and the chocolate. And I think there's like one other thing in that. But um, then you just dip graham crackers in it. So anyway, I just kind of thought about s'mores when we were talking about fire games. I never think about s'mores. Well, that's because you're wrong. Well, uh, agree to disagree. Right. Sure. So moving on to Kickstarter. Yeah, you have a you have a Kickstarter that you're super excited about. I do. Uh, I I thought that this was coming out at Gen Con, but I am probably mistaken since it's on Kickstarter right now. But it's the Copenhagen Roll and Write from Queen Games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really like Roll and Write games, so I've kind of when I heard about this one, I I was watching it, and it's. From everything I can tell from the campaign is that it's a more thinky roll and write. And because I really feel like roll and writes kind of fall into two different categories. There's ones that really make you think about what you're doing and ones that are really easy and you don't have to put as much thought into them. Um, and according to the campaign, this one is, is going to be a more thinky one. Mm, and those okay. are the ones that I kind of enjoy more. Uh, I like them all. So far, I haven't played a roll and write that I said, oh, I hate this. But I like the Copenhagen art. I think it's, it's, I think it's really pretty. It's, it's cartoonish, but it also, you know, 
I don't know. I think it's pretty. And I, I, I've, I've not played the, the base, the Copenhagen game. I've only demoed it and I liked it all right, but I think that I will really like the roll and write. So okay. on Kickstarter, it's 20 bucks. Uh, I may or may not back it right now because uh, Gen Con's coming up and I need to save money for Gen Con, but uh, definitely worth checking out, especially if you like, ro- like rolling rights. Uh, okay. Well, I've got a city building game called Complexity. From I believe we've played some big kid games recently. Yep. So. And I've played some games by one of the designers of this game recently as well. By Sin. Sin. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. He's a nice guy. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Um, so this one is, uh, well, gosh, there's a, there's a lot going on here. It's a tile placement game, first and foremost. Um, for one to four players, you have neighborhood blocks that you're placing. Um, there's some kind of space theme here, but uh, it, it honestly is not. It's just an art. So um, you, you're designing a city for I guess they're aliens I don't really know exactly what's going on here yeah they're aliens they look like aliens yeah um but you have to obviously you have to keep in mind with any city building game that where you place tiles in relation to other tiles may in fact matter I guess not every city uh, building game is like that but we'll get into that when we do a city building game episode um but yeah, yeah. So this one, you have to kind of design your city in the most efficient way by laying these tiles. Um, you have to gain resources and chain actions together. Because um, you're trying to com- construct complexes. Yes, because it's a, a, that's why it's called complex. Yes. City. So you want to place tiles in a way that will get you the complex minis that you need. Yes. Um, and action tokens because you need action tokens to do things. Now this kind of reminds me of a game we played somewhat recently in terms of the tile placement, New Haven. Ah, yes. Because where you place your blocks here, you chain off of stuff that's already there. That is very New Haven. So if you like New Haven, but wish that it was in space about aliens, I guess. I mean, there's definitely differences in this. I mean, this is yes, yes. This is a hundred percent a different game, but it's it does absolutely. have that mechanic that that New Haven has. Yeah, um, and I I like that. I like that it matters how you grow the city. Like, you can't just mindlessly be like, "All right, I'm going to put this here because uh, that's the place that I want to put it." It's very strategic about how you do that. Yeah. Um, the rule book is available on the Kickstarter, so you can look through that. It has a game trays insert, so you don't have to worry about throwing away your insert. Yep. It's got some cool resource tokens that I I think are Kickstarter exclusive. I'm not sure. I, I know that they're not doing like uh, any stretch goals on this. So whatever cardboard you would get from the Kickstarter, you would get from the retail. But I think there's some cards that are exclusive, and if you if you scroll down, there's it says Kickstarter Limited Deluxe Tokens, um, that I guess are Kickstarter only, and you just get cardboard ones in the regular game. Maybe I really like the, the mini, so they're yeah, cool. they are pretty cool. Um, there's one that's hard plastic, one that's squishy plastic, one that's acrylic, and then like a cube with some, um, I guess circuit board designs. And you can also get a five to six player expansion. Hooray. Yep. So it looks fun. 
Um, I'm actually really surprised it hasn't funded yet. Yeah, but I think it'll get there. Yeah, I mean, it's got, it's got like 13 days to go um, at the time that we're recording this. So it's like almost halfway there. So mm-hmm. I, th- I think it'll make it. Yeah. And you can help make it. Yes, that's, I guess, true. Uh, if you want to. But you don't have to. Because, I mean, it doesn't matter to me. Unless it's one backer away from funding. In which case, <laughs> you jerk. Yeah. Why didn't you back it? I'm watching it. Mm-hmm. I, I have it. I have it saved. That's fair. I'll probably end up getting this game because it looks like a game that I would like. It's from a designer that has made some cool games that I like. The art is pretty cool. And uh, these components look pretty fancy. Although this does say concept final design may vary. So they'll probably still look pretty cool though. Yeah. Well, we have a link to both of those or you can just search them yourself. Uh, Okay. Great. Yep, so we've talked about fire games. <laughs> wow, this and is really falling apart here at the end, hasn't it? Well, we've talked about fire games. This was the third and final episode in a little bit kind of a, th- a rescue series where we did, we started out with cops and robbers, and then we did doctors and medical stuff, and finishing up with uh, fire-themed games, fire rescue and fire burninating games. Yeah. So... I hope you've enjoyed these three little series mm-hmm. episodes. And uh, John D and I will be at Gen Con. If you see us, uh, yell at us. I can't promise that I won't have goodies, but I won't have any goodies or anything to give you. Yeah. So, so don't expect um, me to give you anything. Yep. And our next episode after this will be talking a little bit about, or talking a lot about the different things that we are kind of keeping an eye out, out for at Gen Con. So. Yeah. I know normally we don't tease the next episode because. Why would we do that? Why would we plan that far ahead? But yeah, Gen Con is coming up. Um, yeah, it'll actually go up while... A day before. It'll go up the I'll Wednesday. already be there. I, You'll already be there. I, yeah, I'm driving up there that day. So, whoops. So anyway, <laughs> um, until next time. Until next time, Johnny, you can, can eat. eat shit and dice. Oh, okay, bye. Uh, I thought we were both going to say it. Well, we didn't do it, did we? Whatever. Eat Shit and Dice is an independent production of Swin Media and is distributed under a Creative Commons license. Attribution, non-commercial, share alike, 4.0, international.